Hello, you are listening to episode 130 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's episode is going to be called, let me look here, I wrote it down, Masters of Poking. That's a good title, don't you think? Today's episode is sponsored by Omnipod, the world's best, and let me just say it, only tubeless insulin pump. You can get more information about Omnipod at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. We are also sponsored today by Dexcom. Now, are you concerned about Medtronic's sensor supply shortage? At Dexcom, patient care is their top priority. So you can switch to the Dexcom G5 mobile continuous glucose monitoring system for 30 days with a money-back guarantee. This excludes Medicare and Medicaid, and we're prohibited by law. But if you want to know more, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And now let's start the show. I love this story. Chris Jacobs is at home, retired, happy, enjoying photography and and other endeavors, when a friend of his comes along and asks him if he can help design something to make finger sticks less painful. Chris had a background in in such things and and he took his friend's uh, request at heart and developed a lancing device that Chris says does just that. Let's remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your health care. You know, we should change this. Always remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin. All right, listen, this is a really sweet story. And uh, I don't know. I just was very captured by by Dr. Jacobson and the idea of how he got where he is right now. So take a listen, see what you think. Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Christopher Jacobs. My PhD is in biomedical engineering. Uh, We're the people that design all the equipment that the doctors hook up and use with you. And uh, so... We're sort of the behind the scenes, I don't know if you'd call us stagehands, where we make, this, make the platform that the doctor works in look so professional and give him the data or her the data that's needed. But um, a biomedical engineer has to go through pretty much all of medical school and engineering school and then have the knowledge of both and be able to balance the two together. Wow. Where did you go to school? My PhD was out of the University of Southern California. I took uh, subclasses at uh, UCLA at the same time, and my undergraduate was at MIT. Well, well, geez. Way to make me feel silly. All right, let's go. <laughs> do you want to be called Chris, or, or how do you like to be Chris, you know, Dr. Chris Jacobs? Is fine. Yeah, All Chris right. is fine. We're dealing... We're dealing with diabetes here, and diabetes doesn't discriminate. It's awful to everybody, and I don't care what your education is. So let's get down to I'm Chris. All right, Chris. That sounds excellent. I I will tell you that uh, growing up, I had an uncle who I guess I've lost touch with now that I'm stopping to think about it. But I remember he used to design, uh, you know, I don't even know what it was, but he would frequently find himself in surgical theaters watching how what he made was being used so that he could make it better. And I always thought that was amazing because he was in—he was more of an engineer than anything else. 
Um, but but that's kind of how, how I watched his mind work. He just he seemed like an engineering kind of a person. So what do you think you? How do you lean, or do you not lean? How did you end up? I mean, doing something that basically takes two amazing educations to do. How do you get started doing something like that? Well, it was to help a friend. Um, I had a friend. His name was George. And uh, I was retired, Scott. I oh. had a business, and uh, it was great, and I sold the business. And uh, uh, my friend George comes to me, and he points to his fingers, and he says, Look, Chris, look at these pop marks. I can't feel. I want to play my guitar. I can't play. Uh, I don't feel it. It's, it hurts sometimes. It, you're one of them genius types. Can't you just run along and develop something so I don't have to poke my fingers as much as I do. Right. And uh, so I took up the challenge, and while I was developing something for that would work reliably for alternate sites, uh, I found a way to make it painless so that the net result of what I gave him allowed him to test anywhere on his body with no pain at all. Now, Chris, when you, you said you were retired, were you enjoying retirement, or was this sort of a a good thrill when he, when your friend George asked you about this. You're right, Scott. It was a combo pack. In in other words, it was like, well, I never thought it would like bring me full out of retirement Mm -hmm. into a, uh, because then one, what happened was he, I built three of them and he gave two to friends to try out and he, they loved it. Absolutely loved it. And George came back to me and said, Chris, I know you're retired, but you've got to come out of retirement. He would, George was a very successful businessman, mm-hmm. and he said, um, I'll do the business side, but there are millions of people who hurt uh, and, and don't test, and we could get into the psychology of testing versus not testing, yeah. uh, who don't test, that you could help tremendously. I'll run the business side, that's what George said, you make the product and and uh, get it out in good quality, and uh, we'll start a business. And so I did, and that's how Gentile came about. It was a device, and I put nine years, uh, Scott, into wow. making it practical, something which you've experienced. You can just pick it up and touch it to your body, and it doesn't hurt. How did it start out? Like, And, you know, for people who aren't, because I don't do a good job of explaining what we're doing on the podcast. I just let you start talking. But, you know, you, you're, so you have a Lansing device that uses, it, it kind of incorporates, I'm going to get you to talk about it more, but it incorporates a suction at, to kind of draw up on, on your, the kind of pull up on your skin as it's Lansing. Uh, it doesn't have any proprietary lances. You can use almost any of the, um, I guess, the square-based um, lances that are available to, to all of us. Um, and And so how did... Okay, so what did it look like the first time? When you gave him the first one, was it anywhere near what I've seen? That that's... Um, It looked like about the size of a telephone, uh, of a, or, of a uh, cordless phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to hold two things with your hands. It, uh, I combined so many functions into one button now, which we call the activation button that you just pushed. Yeah. But at first you had to hold one button and then push another button simultaneously. Uh, in other words, what I did is I just did it the engineering way, and that is you do one, then you do the other, then you do the other, and, and it would uh, go through and uh, 
withdraw the blood painlessly. Uh, but I found a way to combine these two steps into this step, and 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 uh, it it looked like a contraption when I first did it. It <laughs> looked like a, just a device of some sort, rather than something a medical instrument that you just pick up and use the way it is now because it's a, it's a, it's a different situation right when you're making something that happens in a doctor's office or a hospital and it just needs to create a function and be done and work properly the uh, the steps it takes or or the amount of ease i guess isn't isn't at the for, the uh, the forefront of your thoughts when you're doing it, you're trying to make it work but then when you're dealing with somebody with diabetes type 1 or type 2 who's lugging stuff with them all over the place you start thinking about function and ease and and size and all that stuff, and it's not it's not easy because then you, I'm assuming you have to take this this what you call an amazing contraption. It's a contraption, but then you have to shrink it down and shrink it down and shrink it down. How long did that process take from what you handed him to what is in a box now and available for people to buy? Nine years. Wow. Oh, and then the other the other factor is that. Since it is a medical device, and since it does perform so many functions automatically, uh, cost reduction was a big thing, too, because it would have been very expensive to make it the way he originally uh, uh, told me what he needed done, and I went and did it. Well, that to just do that, it would have been expensive. So cost reduction to make it for regular, everyday people you know, just like you and I pick it up and use it. Yeah. Uh, that That's what took nine years. It's time to talk about Dexcom. Continuous glucose monitoring has become the standard of care for diabetes management. Today, hundreds of thousands of patients around the world rely on their CGMs for daily diabetes decisions. Given this advancement in CGM technology, the news of Medtronic's sensor supply shortage and their lack of specificity around availability is concerning. Dexcom believes that you deserve access to the life-saving benefits of CGM and that you deserve the accurate information about the status of the sensor supplies that you're getting and the confidence to know that your therapy will not be disrupted. You know what, this sounds too much like a press release. Let's boil it down here. If you're using the Medtronic sensor right now, and you're having trouble getting your supplies and this is messing with the way you live, now's probably a really good time to check out Dexcom. I can tell you right now that Dexcom G5 has been a lifesaver for us, but for you, you don't even have to take my word for it. Now there's no risk. Dexcom's gonna offer you a 30 day money back guarantee try. So why not do it? You go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, fill in a little bit of information about yourself and you're getting underway. Now I will read a little bit of copy here because it seems important. Um, I just have to say that the 30 back money, uh, the 30 back money back, what is that? That doesn't make any sense. The 30 days with a money back guarantee, it excludes Medicare, Medicaid, and we're prohibited by law. Other than that, there's no restrictions. Get in there. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I hope you love it as much as we do. Next up, we're going to talk about Omnipod. And around here, we love Omnipod. Isn't that right, Arden? Yep. Listen to the enthusiasm in her voice. One more time, Arden, with gusto. Yep. See, all you people who say Arden's never on the podcast. There she is. Okay, seriously, though. 
You know why Arden's never on the podcast? She doesn't have time to be on the podcast. She's out living her life. She's not thinking about all this diabetes stuff like you and I are. Why is that? Well, there's a big reason. It's Omnipod. Seriously. On the go. Easy to do. Oh, I, yeah, I, I can't repeat myself enough. But If you all just go buy it, we could stop doing these ads right now and just do the podcast. But I get it. I get you got to be talked. Into it. Let me talk into it a little bit. First of all, there's no tubes. To me, saying no tubes is the whole explanation. But let's stop and think about what it really means. People have their infusion sets snaking with tubing all through their clothing. You, you, I can't possibly want that. I mean, I, I get that. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate anybody's choices. But you can't want plastic tubing going through your clothes. If you do, I don't understand. We'll say that much. I don't understand the desire to have plastic tubing going through your clothing. If you like it, you know. Okay, I'm not going to bug you about it. But if that's something that sounds like you don't want to live with, you got to check out Omnipod. You have to go with this all-in-one system, this tiny little pod that just it contains everything you need. It adheres right to your skin. It self-inserts. I don't talk about that enough. You know that? There's no, like, handheld inserter. You just push a button, and it just, the cannula is in. It's fantastic. I, here's what I need you to do. I'll stop talking about it if you just go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and try the free no-obligation demo. So give me one good reason why you wouldn't try. It's free. There's no obligation. It means, I mean, obligation's a pretty obvious word. It means you don't have to buy anything. and You're not agreeing to anything except to try the demo for free. Please do it. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. You will love it as much as we do. Hey, so you had no um, connection to the diabetes community prior to your friend coming to you and just asking for help? Correct. I, I'm a pre-diabetic myself, um, managing it uh, reasonably well. Um, but uh, no, that was really to come and help a friend. And yeah. since then, uh, Scott, I have been thrown into it heart and soul, particularly for children, uh, because uh, there's some psychology involved, which I can uh, talk to you about yeah, with, regarding pain and testing. But when I see children that go from mom having to chase them under the bed to test them to them telling mom it's time for my uh, time to be tested, mm -hmm. uh, that makes all the difference in the That's world. Pretty to heartwarming, me. yeah. Well, I you know I, I can tell you for sure that <clears throat> I think a lot of people experience in their early goings with like with devices. Um, you know, once obviously everything that somebody uses for type one diabetes is in some way, shape or form breaking your skin, whether you're testing your blood sugar or, you know, putting on an insulin pump or, you know, attaching your glucose monitor, whatever you're doing, something's breaking your skin, going underneath your skin. Um, and the anxiety that some people feel about that, you can actually see it adversely and, and significantly and quickly affect their blood sugar. And, you know, when that, when that anxiety hits them, that kind of, you know, the flight or flight kicks in and people's blood sugars rise up. A lot of people talk about when they do sight changes, they see rises and highs that last for hours afterwards. Yeah, the liver dumps, uh, dumps um, a lot of reagents into the blood, which in turn raises the blood sugar. Um, and then it has to dissipate out slowly and that's why it can take hours hmm. yeah and you see people make decisions to like you know bolus insulin while they're you know if you have a great blood sugar but you're changing your 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 insulin pump some people bolus right then to try to handle it and it's confusing for them because 
it's hard to see that as an as an agent of why something happened. You know, it's easy to say, "Oh, I ate food. I saw my blood sugar up," or you know that kind of thing. But I got I got anxious or scared or frightened, and and especially when you don't think you're anxious, you know, because you know we talk about this all the time. I see people constantly having these conversations, and I don't want to be contrarian about it, but I hear people say all the time, "Oh, my son or my daughter or my husband or they're so brave," right? And, and of course they are, but bravery is not, you know, wrapped around diabetes. Like you're not, there's not somebody walking around right now in their regular life going, I wish I had some horrible obstacle that I had to overcome multiple times a day so that I could be brave. You're brave because there is no other option. Um, but many people don't, don't follow that path. Like the, not that they're not brave, but there's something about them that like you're I know you're trying to get to what you're what you're saying but some people don't test their blood sugar they don't check their blood sugar because of the pain or because of the process or because of a number of different reasons and then that leads to sort of uh, you know like turning a blind eye to their day-to-day care and and long-term you know um issues and and how much do you see that with people you know like I, I'm nine years of talking to people and getting involved in the in in the in the diabetes world, you must have had some really serious conversations with people at times. So I'm interested. Oh, no, there's, there's absolute psychology. Uh, and we have done surveys. We've, in fact, we just finished a survey and this is amazing. Um, it turns out that people say, Oh, I forgot my, uh, I forgot my Lancer. I forgot this. I didn't that. I, and so they don't test. I mean, Mm -hmm. one way to avoid pain other than, having a genteel, you know, painless Lancer. But if you don't have that, one way to avoid pain is to don't test. Right. Um, and what the amazing thing, Scott, is that uh, people make excuses that are not pain-related where it is really pain avoidance mm. that is preventing them from testing. And I'll give you some scientific results to... Uh, support that but if you and and it's not just that something is going to hurt it's the fact that you know that you are inflicting that pain on yourself when you are going to push that button you know you're going to feel pain well that type of pain self-induced pain uh, has a deeper psychological impact on you then if somebody else, you have to sit still and somebody else does uh, the painful process. That's interesting. So uh, what we did, us in conjunction with some some research, uh, did is we mailed surveys to 1,500 of our customers. And all we asked them was four questions. How much did pain hurt? How much did... uh, Lancing or testing hurt before Genteel. How much did it hurt after? How often did you test before? How often do you test now with the Genteel? We we sent this out to them um, four months after they received their Genteel. Uh, what was your A1C before? What's your A1C now? And uh, tell us about your satisfaction. How much satisfaction, zero to ten, did you have in testing before with testing now. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the surprising thing is these are people that cared enough to go and obtain a Genteel, but their testing rate 
came so much closer into compliance with what their doctor had prescribed that it it was heartening. It was really heartening yeah. to see that it they suddenly weren't forgetting their Lancer. They suddenly weren't forgetting to do this or to do that or they now had time to do it where before they didn't have time to do it. Mm-hmm. And probably the most gratifying was that the average A1C of these people dropped one full point because they tested the way they should. And as exactly what you were saying before, which is just a wonderful lead into this, is the fact that it wasn't the fact that they tested more often. It wasn't just the fact that they could dose more properly. It was the fact that seeing their blood sugar reminded them about their lifestyle and they were able to comfortably make lifestyle changes simply coming and stemming from the fact that they knew when they tested now it was not going to hurt at all it's just I, it, that's fascinating and and what you how you kind of started talking about it was the idea of not just that the knowledge that you're about to experience you know a pain or a shock or anything and and i would say this too i mean, as, as much as i absolutely believe what you're saying and and i'm i'm on board my daughter would tell you that it doesn't hurt that much. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's the difference between somebody who's been doing it for a decade and somebody who's been doing it for three weeks. And, and that doesn't lessen anything that we've just said here. I mean, really what you're talking about is it's a point of entry situation. And if somebody enters their life with diabetes, avoiding testing, then that sends them down the complete wrong path forever and ever. And where my, as my daughter was diagnosed when she was two, and you're right, she did run away a lot when we were going to test her in the beginning and give her injections and things like that. But in the in the very end, she didn't have a lot of choice in the matter, and she did become accustomed to it as time went on. But had she been more of an adult or a younger child who was left to her own devices to t- to do the testing, she very easily could have made the choices that you're talking about here, which is is testing less or not testing at all, or or letting your subconscious defend you by leaving your lance at home by mistake, quote unquote mistake. But, but the point that I really kept like rattling in my head while you were talking is this is the idea that not only are you about to experience pain, but that you're the one that's going to inflict it on yourself. And do you end up somehow distrusting or disliking yourself for the situation that you feel like you're putting yourself into because it's very simple to take the diabetes out of the equation when you stop and when your subconscious thinks about it like you're doing something to hurt yourself that's um not something i ever considered before it's really something absolutely we we are sort of like the masters of of poking if you will um and uh we study many many aspects some very practical and some more getting into the psychology and what you can do. Now, I don't know, Scott, if we um, uh, talked about uh, redraw uh, and the K, or if you have experienced redraw. Uh, and let me tell you what that is. You know, and it's too bad that this is not uh, video so that we could show the people. But um, by the way, uh, uh we have videos of what exactly what we're talking about on our website. Can I tell people where to find it? You can, but hold on. Let me just make a note to myself because yeah. I think you just named the podcast episode by mistake. Masters 
of poking. There we go. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, I thought of myself in my early 20s, but unrelated. And um, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I'd be happy to share links with people. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, where, where can they go see the videos that you're talking about? Yeah, the videos, these are all educational videos. Um, it's www.mygenteel.com, M-Y-G-E-N-T-E-E-L.com. And also you can see the product as well and read what uh, average people that have diabetes, um, uh, their, ex their life's experience if you just go to Amazon and read the reviews. Okay. So, so tell me a little bit about the idea of the redraw, but, and then I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, things about how people get it and, and, okay. and, and stuff like that. But tell me what you mean about the, so, you know what, like for, for a moment though, let's explain to people like something. So, you know, my daughter uh, uses a multi-clicks. Um, I don't even know who makes it anymore. Um, she kind of like pinches her finger a little bit and then holds the thing against her, pushes a button. It shoots the, thing and the blood comes out but yours your device your your genteel is there's sort of a plunger action on it so that you you kind of compress this plunger because when you press the button the action button this plunger releases and it, it creates a suction and that suction pulls your like i don't know how to describe it exactly it makes like a bubble of not a bubble it it, it just kind of draws up the skin and what i'm assuming it's doing is it's not just pulling up the skin to make maybe a more supple situation, but it's also bringing the blood to the top of the, to the, to the capillaries, to the vessels closer to the skin, I guess. So it, it takes less of a strike. Can you really, can you really, we're coming up on a half an hour, but really describe how, how the process works and why it's different. Okay. There's two, two things that are unique and patented and, and, uh, one is we control the depth of penetration, Scott, so precisely. If you were picture the surface of your skin, now slightly under the surface of the skin is where the capillary bed is. And under that, uh, slightly below that, is the nerve endings. We can control the depth of lancing with such precision that it only goes to the capillaries and not to the pain nerves. So you obviously don't feel pain. But then you'd say, but that is such a shallow lance. How do you get blood? Well, immediately after the lancing process, we apply vacuum to the capillaries, to the, to the lance site. And as every child knows who can drink soda through a straw, vacuum lifts liquid. So the, you take this very shallow lance site and you, you apply vacuum to the top of it. And then the blood just comes right up through the lance site and sits there in a perfect bubble right on top of your skin for you to test. That's brilliant, Chris. You were wasting your time being retired. What were you doing I, while you were retired, by the way? <laughs> um, I was learning a lot of things. I'm a big learner um, and uh, trying to learn. I, I did photography like, like uh, I think a, a lot of people go through, particularly engineers. Uh, that type of thing became more more involved with current events and became involved with charities uh i i have that kind of heart and uh so that type of thing well good for you well well what you just described i mean as i was listening do you say it i was like wow that's brilliant and then i thought well he went to mit and i guess he is brilliant but but it just <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 
it's, it's an undervalue. I'm undervaluing the word, but yeah, that I mean that that's it's fantastic. It really is the idea of of you just creating the the tiniest penetration, and then instead of having to drill down to get the blood to flow on its own, you kind of coax the blood out with the suction. So I was I was wrong. It doesn't create the suction and then hit. It hits and then creates the suction. Yeah, that's the sequence. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now they the redraw. Uh, says that, okay, now you can take the lance out uh, and it uses, like you said in, in the intro, it uses off-the-shelf lances. You can go to any drugstore and buy them. Uh, but what you can do is take the lance out and reverse it so that the needle part goes in and the, the flat side is toward the body okay. and put the nozzle assembly back in. And you can go back uh, all day long to that same site and using vacuum and vacuum alone, redraw the blood up. Wow. So you can, you can go from poking, I don't know, how many times a day does Arden poke? Well, Arden uses a, a, a continuous glucose monitor, so it's less now. But before the CGM, we were doing it eight to ten times a day. Right. So yeah. she instead of eight, eight pokes um, uh, a day, she could now have one poke in the morning and draw blood and test all day long. Wow, how does that work? Well, the vacuum lifts the, the, uh, the blood tends to clot a little bit mm -hmm. after you've uh, used your, uh, after you've lanced. The vacuum lifts the, like a trap door, lifts the, the clot up. The blood comes out, sits there, uh, you test it, and you go away, and then the trap door closes, and it, you can open and close it all day long. Overnight it. Uh, it'll heal over. It'll heal over. Yeah. And no difference between the um, the the reading I'm getting from a re a redraw from or, or a fresh lancing site. Absolutely not. Wow. No, blood is blood. Wow, jeez, Chris, that's amazing. It really is because what it does then is, in my mind, is could because I think one of the barriers, you know, you don't you don't listen to the podcast because you're busy and you're brilliant. You're not going to listen to me. But um, but one of the, one of the, <laughs> one of the barriers that people um you know, have, if they don't have continuous glucose monitoring, if they can't see their blood sugar constantly is it's tough to make decisions because at some point you're not going to just keep poking yourself over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Like it might be the right thing to do. Even people who are, are more inclined to test, you know, like you, I'll talk to people about, you know, we'll kind of maybe fall down the rabbit hole here for a second, but I'll talk to people about like, you know, you need to know what your blood sugar is a half an hour after you ate, not three hours after you ate, because if you've, somehow miscalculated or the food is uh, affecting you differently than you expected or something like that here now's the time to make an adjustment before your blood sugar goes to 300 and sits there like find out that wow it's going up maybe i should be doing something but that's easy to do with a glucose monitor it's not that easy to do if you have to stop and test yourself over and over and over again but i guess if you could go back and do this redraw that would really i mean that's one of the barriers is released right there that's, it's like a, it's uh, in terms of pain. It is like having a CGM because you don't have to poke holes. Now it's one time. Yeah. One of the things that I think is important for people to realize is that um, is the nerve damage that you do uh, when you keep poking your fingers. Mm -hmm. It's particularly we are dealing now with people who, um, and, and this is with some government um, work, but we're finding that people who like play uh, instruments uh, or do a lot of keyboard work, that 
uh, as they poke their fingers, they lose tactile sensation. So part of the reason it doesn't hurt uh, is not a good thing. Right. Part of the reason it doesn't hurt is because you've, lose, you've lost that delicate sense of touch yeah. in your fingers. And it takes about, um, after you use alternate sites, um, it takes three to five weeks and you're about 80% recovered. Your nerves, uh, they, they want to grow back into the finger area, but they, it, every time you repoke, they withdraw a little bit. And the sad part is you could have a f- one finger or two fingers that you poke, but the nerves withdraw almost from the hand the tactile sensation due to the pain. Mm. And then I guess as you, as the decades go by and you get older and older, you lose the ability to grab and, and hold with the same kind of fine yeah. motor skills. So, as, yeah. The longer you've been doing it, of course, um, the uh, longer it takes for them to grow back. But I can promise you once, once you stop poking your fingers, eventually those nerves will say, Hey, yeah. this, this is safe area. Now let's grow back and let's, Let's give Scott or let's give uh, the patient the ability to feel again like he or she always did before. Yeah. Chris, I have to tell you, I know I've joked before, but I know you don't listen to this podcast and you would have no reason to. But for the people who do, I think that what Chris is describing is a way for you to be more um, in tune with what your blood sugar is doing if you don't have the insurance or the money for a glucose monitor, because we talk about glucose monitoring here all the time, but, but that really, this is, this is a sidestepping way around it. You can sort of, if you can, you know, if your doctor will prescribe you enough test strips, you could, you could kind of be your own de facto glucose monitor without, without poking yourself 10 times. That to me, for the way we talk about diabetes here, that seems like it's the real value of, of your of your Gentile device as I'm thinking about it here. So I'm really glad we had you on to talk about it, honestly. That's, that, that's a, it's a great thing. But now here's the other thing, right? You are not, I can't go to my doctor and say, hey, I need a prescription for, uh, for a Gentile Lansing device because that's not how it works, right? I would buy it cash. Yeah, um, but we are having increasingly serious increase in how many insurance companies uh all you have to do is and again going to the website www.mygenteel.com we have a form that if the doctor will sign it saying this is a medical necessity um then we've had an extremely high percentage of our uh, uh customers actually that insurance will say yeah it's a one-time thing we'll reimburse it right and so and but and the lances are just like you said any number of different lances so and your prescription for the actual lance itself will work with the device absolutely now we sell lances too and um uh, but we you absolutely don't have to use it's a personal choice we like them we think they're the best ever but um the uh but that's not the issue the issue is you could just go to uh, a Walgreens or anywhere and buy any box of lancets, uh, the, the loose lancets, yeah. not the Accu. Yeah. Not the one we use is the cartridge that would not work with yours. Right. And um, most people know what you're talking about. So, wow. And if they don't, they should go to the website, which I will also put a link to in the show notes so they can click on it or, or type it in the way you've described. Chris, I think this is, it's really something. I mean, your story is amazing. To the the amount of effort you put into it is is insane. Um, 
I'm sure that you have looked up at times in the last nine years and thought you're nuts. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, why aren't, why aren't I in a beach? Yeah, at the very least. Um, what kind of photography were you enjoying? I'm starting to do macro more now. Yeah. Did you get involved oh, I in that? Was, yeah, I was in that, uh, the ultra high definition and, uh, that Canon, I have a, a real, a Canon that I love and I use it and, uh, um, and and also really macro stuff, very close up, water drops, en- engineering type things that uh, guys like us like. There is one thing that we've had that's really good for, for all your listeners, has nothing to do with Gentile, mm-hmm. uh, but it is very interesting. Um, and that is, we have found when we were doing testing, when people... This, now, this is not the barrel type. This I'm talking about when you have a loose lance set. Yeah. Uh, when you twist off the safety cap, many people are not paying attention. And this is very much more common than you would think. And they pull the, the, the safety cap off at an angle and leave the needle slightly bent. Oh, and okay. the amazing thing is it only takes a 10-degree bend to double the hole size as you go in and increase your pain. So when I'm pulling off the safety cap from the single lances, I need to pull straight, like for sure. You need to pay attention. All you have to do is pay attention. We're not talking about instruments or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But what people would be doing is they'd be talking and they'd pulling it off and they'd pull it off at an angle and and leave the needle bent. And then instead of going in on a straight poke, it would go in on a slash, hmm. and the hole would be open, and uh, you'd get bruising. And uh, uh, yeah, because you're being more, cut. Then you're being cut instead of being instead of the poking happen. It's it's exactly. it's a slice. Then. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And I've seen that. We've all seen that, where you lance and you see it. it it's an actual slice instead. And I always thought it was because I maybe we I moved while I was doing it or something like that. Chances are. Chances are you were talking to somebody or not paying attention when you pulled the safety cap off. It is a more common problem than you would imagine because you you hadn't thought about it before. So now that your listeners are alerted to it, uh, it it will make a big difference. Just be careful when you twist that cap off that you pull it straight off. Thank you. That's great. You're like like a public service announcement there at the end. That was excellent. I was like, I was getting ready to say goodbye. And Chris was like, wait a minute. I have more stuff I could tell you that is very important. Um, I feel like there's a lot you could probably tell me that I don't know, but I don't want to sit here and feel badly about myself, Chris. So we're going to wrap up instead. Um, okay. <laughs> but I really do. Um, it, it just, it really is. You don't see, you don't see many people giving of their time like this because I can't imagine that you're getting wealthy off of this or that it was even something that, that monetarily you needed in your life after you were retired. So um, it, it's really heartening to see somebody come into the diabetes community who didn't have a personal attachment to it and try and work so hard to make people living with diabetes, their lives better, their days brighter, and, and that sort of thing. It, that really was maybe more more than anything why I initially wanted to talk to you and now you know with everything else that you've said I'm I'm glad we did but that was that that really is something like I don't know if anybody's ever thanked you for just giving of yourself like that for a group of people who who really could use people looking out for them and at the same time um you know you you didn't have any reason to come help so it's really generous of you I appreciate it I'm happy to do it I as and it's you know, it started from George, my friend, and then I saw the children that 
what pain they were in, and then I realized uh, there really is a lot of pain associated with poking. So testing is it's the weakest link in most chains of how people treat their diabetes. Yeah, no, I appreciate your time. I really do, and, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming on, Chris, and telling us about the Genteel Lancet device. If you want to learn more, go to mygenteel.com. It's M-Y-G-E-N-T-E-E-L.com. Or, you know I'm going to say it, there's links in your show notes. Speaking of links in your show notes, you can also go there to find out more about myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Say those links aren't sticking in your head and you're in the app, your podcast app, you click right there. It takes you right to it. Have your demo pod from Omnipod on the way in just a couple minutes and your information from Dextom in the same couple of minutes. It takes nothing to try it out. What else do we have to talk about? Hmm, I don't know. Um, shirts are still printing. Bold with Insulin shirts are being made. They're coming. I'll have more about that really soon. You guys have left a lot of really great reviews on iTunes lately. Appreciate that very, very much. Thank you so much. I hope you've been loving the podcast. I know that I've been enjoying doing it. Please, if you can do one thing for me, tell a friend, show them how to subscribe to the Juicebox podcast. It really does help it just reach more ears and help more people. I want to I thank you very, very much. We have some exciting, I don't I haven't done this in a while, we have some exciting episodes coming up. Let me click around for a little bit here and tell you about them, shall we? Okay. Well, next week I can tell you this. There's going to be an interview with me with a local JDRF chapter, which uh, well, you will just hear me talk ad nauseum during i mean i will really really go on and on and then after that audra patty sam jessica eric nikki daniela jane kevin karina emily Lindsay, christina dan jen ah so many coming how about how about this pretty soon you'll be talking to a former catcher for the alabama girls softball team molly fickner you'll be talking to molly there is so much coming. William's coming up, 15 years old, managing his type 1 diabetes with stuff that his mom and he learned from the podcast. There's, there's too much coming. I can't tell you about all of it. Plus, all right, I'm going to tell you. Going to be talking to the CEO of Omnipod very soon, talking about their new Dash system that's in uh, development, The their own little part of the, uh, you know, artificial pancreas world. A lot of good stuff coming up. Been trying to get Dexcom to come back on recently. I've been looking for a good reason to have them on. When I find that good reason, we'll get somebody back on here. Until then, continue to enjoy the podcast. Please continue to share the podcast. Thank you so much for the reviews. Please look out for the Bold with Insulin t-shirts. I hope you're uh, you're interested. Everything's coming soon. Keep downloading the podcast. Go back and find uh, old episodes. Find one you haven't listened to yet. Keep my download numbers up. What are you doing, people? Get to it.